Welcome to the Jacket Cast. I'm Brad. And I am Kelly. So it's been quite a while since we've done this. Uh, maybe we'll get into that now, I guess. It's like a bicycle. Yeah. So I guess we could say that this is a kind of has a lot to do with what we're about to talk about, which is in the off season, we decided to drop. Well, I guess the end of the season, we decided to become half season ticket holders instead of full season ticket holders. I think with a drop in our fanaticism after my injury made going to 42 games a year really hard. More like 44 if you take, um, no, 45 if you take preseason in. Yeah, we we tried last season and we ended up not going to enough to really make it worth it to us to stay full season ticket holders. Well, I think the problem is, for those of you listening that haven't had full season tickets, it's fine for a year or two, but then you kind of hit this point where you realize you're planning six months of your life around a specific event, and someone will say to you, hey, you want to do this on Friday? And it's like, well, I have to get out my calendar and check. And that's okay for a while, but I think I think there was just a tipping point, and I think the game's being so terrible for about three months straight really made us go that direction. And it was a really hard decision, and not because of the hockey, but because we got an amazing full season ticket holder next to us, our neighbor. We got to be besties, and we had to leave him to be half season ticket holders. Yeah, that that was a sad part of our decision. Because we did it for a couple years, and we were friendly with our neighbors, but we never really made a connection with anyone. It's sad. I still go back and forth about it, honestly, but I think it's the right decision. Yeah, and we told ourselves, you know, we'll do this for a couple years, and if we really want to go back to being fools, we can do that pretty easy. But we hope you are well. We missed you. Yes, and I think part of the reason with uh, Full Seasons feeling so oppressive last year, we kind of didn't do the podcast, and I think by the time we were getting the itch to really do it was when they were in their heavy doldrums, and we kind of looked at each other and said, I don't know how we're going to come on here every week and say, well, they suck, and, you know, the same thing happens over and over again. I mean, you're kind of saying that was some revisionist history, though. We didn't like the way they were playing, but they were winning. Yeah. And it kind of came off of we were sick for like three months straight. And at any given time, one of us didn't have a voice, which led into us not doing it towards the end of last season. Last, last season. Yeah, last, last (laughs) season. And then we wanted to talk about like that playoff series and then we didn't. And then we didn't get into it early. And then, like, when I think we really were thinking about it was when, like, they hit those doldrums and we weren't enjoying watching the games. So we're hoping with the half season um, that we can start having a little bit more fun with it again. And that's why we're back on the podcast. 
Yes, and I think this is actually the first podcast that we've done with the studio slash game room in its mostly completed form. That's probably true. I'm looking around trying to remember what I was looking at the last time we podcasted. I moved stuff around since the last time. Yeah. I want to do a video at some point so people can actually see it. I have to put more pictures up, too. I need to buy frames. I haven't been putting that off for, like, three years. But I do have the game-worn Calvert gloves in here. Yes, I can see them. They're behind you. Yeah, I need to get a shelf for those. So if you don't know, um, we'll just call him by name. Our friend Dylan, who sits by us, has been trying to steal these from me for, like, three months because... So if you go in the blue line, they they have random practice worn or game worn gear from random players. So I'd looked at the gloves numerous times, and it can be hard to tell whose gloves they are. But I figured out that they stitched their names in them eventually, which I should have known earlier. So I was in there randomly one time, and um, there just happened to be a pair of Calvert gloves, and I bought them. They're his prized possession, if you can't tell. I need to post a picture of them because they're really cool. They're beaten up. And you're probably hearing it in the background, but our dog is being very uh, noisy. Sorry about that. She does what she does. Yeah. Actually, you can kind of see them in the picture I posted on Twitter today. So, 822. There's a picture on the Jacket Cast Twitter, and right over Brad's right shoulder are the Calvert gloves. Oh, is there a picture of me on the Twitter? Oh, yes, there is. So if you've seen pictures of us previously, I look very different since the uh, last time we posted pictures of ourselves on the main feed. Because you've lost 100 pounds. Yes. And you've kept it off for a whole year. 15 months, actually, now. It's a huge accomplishment. Yes. So... Um, we decided we were going to start this off in August just so we could kind of work out the kinks, get our soundboard up and running, and kind of work off some of the ring rust, as you would say. Next week, we're going to get into some things like new players, uh, the departures. We'll probably get into the Panarin situation. But this week, we kind of wanted to talk about, we went to the, let me look here, the inaugural the inaugural um, Ohio AAA Blue Jackets alumni game. So much fun. If you didn't go and they have it again next year, I highly suggest it. So what this was, is this was old players um, from these AAA teams coming back. And, you know, there was um, a couple NHLers there. Uh, Connor Murphy was there. And uh, um, the Sherwoods, uh, Vogel Huber, who's with Colorado, and then Roslavic, who's with Winnipeg, and I know his name. Sean, uh, I think it's Curly, who's with Boston, were there. And so this is at the Ice House, and um, it was a lot of fun. Ended in heartbreaking fashion for Team uh, Murphy. The Navy team. Yes. So the white team won 6-5, to five and they scored a goal with about... I think exactly 20 seconds left. So Connor Murphy was the biggest standout of the competition, I would say. Yeah, uh, 
Cole Sherwood had that awesome shot, though. He had a couple really good shots. I was thinking about that one off the face-off where he just torched uh, the goalie. And it was kind of interesting looking at their gear because we picked out, you could pick out the Bowling Green players and the Ohio State players pretty easily. Yeah, because all of their gear was their college gear or their pro gear. And then they just had a white or blue. And it was fun seeing the AHL and the NHL guys kind of chipping at each other. Yeah, they got to a point. It was about the halfway point, which is when you could see who was still serious about hockey and who wasn't or who was better conditioned and who wasn't. And that's when the NHLers and the AHLers really seemed to lock in. And that's when they started kind of chirping each other, which was fun to see. And you could tell the the higher level guys were trying to kind of go at half speed to start. And then you could see their competitive fire took over their common sense. They were having fun, though. No, they were definitely having fun. So this this was um, the inaugural one. I'd say they, they filled the building up pretty good. It was... I mean, the stands were full, and there was standing. There were people standing around the outside. It wasn't quite development camp, though. I mean, the outside of the ring wasn't stacked like it is during development camp, but it was a very full turnout. Yeah, and it was five bucks um, per ticket, and then it was any donation got you a program, which you've heard us shuffling around a little bit. Yeah, donation got you a program, and then they did baskets with the silent auction as well to, to raise money for the AAA Blue Jackets. Yeah, I didn't see the, the the bidding sheet, though. I guess that was probably like in the middle or something. I don't uh, know. There was a, the bidding sheet for each basket was in front of it. Oh, I must have missed that. And then they had 50-50 raffle tickets. Uh, who else stood out? The goalie, right? The white goalie? Yeah, but he's going pro. What was his name? It was something... I think it was... Henry Dill. Henry Dill. Yeah, he was quite good. Because the, the white team had a bit of a rough start, and uh, he really kept them in the game with some big saves. But he says in his profile that he's in the process of going pro. And I think he he was... I don't think he was like an NHL caliber guy, but I think he could probably get to the AHL at some point in his life. If you remember when Forsberg and Corpy showed up at their first development camp together, and I was there, and Brad was there, and we were watching that development camp pretty closely, and uh, I think Dina said it too. Yeah. Um, Corpy came out. You could see the confidence you could see like he felt like he was belonged there. And Forsberg didn't look like that, even in development camp. This guy, Henry Dill, had that sense of confidence about him, that he deserved to be there and that he, he was confident in his own play. Yeah, because the, the, the blue team had two goalies, so they had their first period goalie was flopping around like a dead fish. Jack Roslovic? He was the Winnipeg Jets guy. He made an impression on me as well. But when they announced him, all I thought was, uh, how's Dano? But, you know. I don't know if he's played. They, they weren't good at telling you who were in the system. I think he was. I think he's seen some NHL time. I should have looked that up before this. 
It says he plays for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, but I think the other ones do too, even though like the Sherwoods aren't. Um... No, Sherwood said that he was hoping to make the yeah, big team. That's true. That number four, who was the firefighter for the blue team, looked very confident too. It's like McNeely or something. Yeah, he made us look him up. Sean McAllister. I was close enough. I've been a firefighter and paramedic in Loveland, Ohio since 2012. I'm also a member of the Ohio Dive Rescue and Recovery Team. If this game did anything, it really showed the impact that the Blue Jackets have had on the community. Because you're sitting there realizing that this pro- these some of these guys are from the first program in the mid-2000s. And that this program has... I think it was between six and eight guys that are in the pros at some level, which, I mean, when you really think about it, that's, that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. You were really impressed by that. The oldest guy on the team was 2006 was the last time he played for. I think Vogel Huber was one of the oldest because he was the first one that was ever drafted. You're right. He was 2005. If they have a star by them, they were on the inaugural teams. That's just Vogel Heber. Oh, no. And there's Bobby Tatone. Yeah. Did they unveil the did they unveil the the third jerseys yet? Or are they just going straight back to the cannonball? Straight back to the cannon. I was kind of hoping they'd go back to the the old season jerseys. I was disappointed. I es- wanted something different. Especially because it feels like a lot of the other teams got creative with it. Like I liked um I like the Ducks and the Coyotes going old school with their jerseys. Have you ever really thought of the Blue Jackets organization as creative though? They can be. I mean with social media and um there was a while there where I thought the end game was creative. I'm trying to look for the jersey now. I should just Google it instead of searching Twitter. I still have um, I still have mixed feelings on how Adidas ha- Adidas handled those jerseys and how they look. That's for a lot of teams, though, not just the Blue Jackets. Most of the fans that I talk to on a daily basis don't plan on buying another one. I I would like to buy one just because mine's too big for me, but um, well, I don't. You should have thought of that before you shrunk. I um, I don't really feel a burning desire to buy one though because I don't like I don't like the top of them. Like they have that glittery kind of look to them, and I just I don't know. It bugs me. Outside of a change to the numbers and letters to match the font on last year's Adidas jerseys, the actual design of the thirds will remain unchanged. I think my biggest problem with them, and it's not gone away, is when you see them, the lettering and the the wording looks like those knockoff Chinese jerseys. That- and you always say it looks like a hoodie. No, I'm talking about the Adidas jerseys in general, not oh. the... Thirds. Yeah. 
I was more commenting on the Adidas jerseys like as a whole. I don't really have any complaints about them except for the price and then oh we'll sell you this knockoff that looks like you Oh the could have gotten it off the internet for twenty five percent less than the really expensive well, one. You know it's funny the the NFL's only selling those crappy fanatics versions to their fans, so we don't have it that bad. That was a quote from SB Nation, by the way. What was? What was on the jerseys. Oh. And it's an article complaining about them, which I appreciate. The Blue Jackets one in particular, or? The third jersey. The third jersey concept, or? Yeah. Okay. Like I said, I like the I like that the ducks went old school ducks and I liked um I like the coyotes going with the Picasso coyote. You like all the vintagey ones? Well at least it's something. Have the Avalanche had had a new one? I don't know. They always go weird. They always go with that weird like C logo that looks god awful. That's why I asked, actually. It's a C. Well, maybe. I'm just looking at ads, not the official. Uh, looks like the Colorado across the front, maybe. Yeah. I can't. Theirs tell. are always weird. I don't like their jerseys as a rule though speaking of jerseys though and getting off the nhl for a moment the nwhl acquired oh and now i'm going to completely the minnesota whitecaps yes and they unveiled a new logo yesterday two days ago it was i really like it i don't I don't know what they're doing there. Like, I get why they picked a team that has a fan following, but there's no easy way to get their other teams or get Minnesota around. And for a league that's um, struggling financially, it seems like an odd decision. It changes them from a bus league to needing planes. Yeah. But, you know, I've been perplexed by a lot of decisions that the NWHL has made. But I guess they do have... um. They do have the Buffalo owner owning a team now, which helped them with their stability a lot. Well, and that's part of the Whitecaps deal was the Wild owner owns the Whitecaps. So that's the third partnership. But then you have the Sabres and the Buttes and the Riveters and the Devils. Yeah. So three of the, was it five now? Yeah. Three of the five NWHL teams are affiliated with an NHL club. But we'll see how they do because with, um, I don't remember the initials, with the Canadian League paying now, they're going to have some tough, tough time getting talent. They've actually had a lot of really good signings, um, especially Buffalo. Buffalo has signed a lot of the Olympic team. That's good because it was getting a little rough there last year. That's because they were all in the Olympics. Yeah, but, but the year before, too. Like, once they cut their pay, it got a little rough. But they, I think they've, I think the the partnerships will keep them going. There's been a lot of signings 
I don't know if you've been paying attention, but no. Um, so I'm on like their email lists and stuff, and they're not. I don't. I don't mean to like really bash on them, but like they're not good at getting. They're inconsistent getting things to you through email if you're not on social media. Well, maybe you should stop hiding from Twitter. It's because I hate Twitter, though. That's not aimed at anyone that listens to this. I like interacting with you guys on Twitter. I just hate the platform and the fact that their uh, phone app is a evil little data hog. Uh, yeah, if you go to the NWHL's Twitter feed, you can see signing after signing. And the Buttes have gotten a lot of the Olympic team. They need to get a nap for their their games. It's going to be a good year for the Buttes. Are we going up for our anniversary? Maybe. There's another game right around there. They need to get off YouTube, though, because we tried... How many games did we try to watch last year that just, like would not work right i think they are now they're on twitter live oh that's right was twitter it was it wasn't twitter that was a problem it was youtube wasn't it i think so oh and i i don't think we we podcast around that but we went to a buttes game a year ago not last year but the year before we went up for our anniversary and um they have a really nice facility, the Buttes do. It looks like absolute trash the way they shoot it on TV, but if you go live, it's like really nice facility. I want to go back this February. We could go earlier. I think I looked at getting the season tickets, but I didn't. it wasn't cost effective. Maybe they'll get one in Cleveland. We can hope. I'm scrolling now because there was a signing I was really excited about for the Buttes. But it was a while ago. They re-signed Emily. I can't say her name. I'll mess it up. Fouser? I don't know. There was a big... I don't know. I was excited. Now I can't find it. This can be an exciting year. And sorry, I didn't mean to totally segue into the NWHL for all of you. But it looks like it's going to be a good year. How are you feeling about the Blue Jackets this year? I really don't have a good... I don't have a good bead on what I think about them yet. Me either. I was excited. That one signing totally went... um, Totally went under my radar. I don't know how I missed it, but that one guy, when they signed Duclair... Yes. And... um, I actually was more excited about that than I thought I'd be, but that was a good pickup by them. So why was it a good pickup? When other, when other, when other, when fans of other teams are saying, no way, how did they get that guy for basically league minimum? Why didn't our management do that? You know, your team did good, but he's, he's a young guy. Um, has had some struggles with attitude, which I think Torts excels at getting the best out of and um he's had good production in previous seasons let's see who all we got they just got they only got riley nash and him are their two big free agent pickups we lost calvert yeah panarin's on his way out the door 
Well, they got rid of Jack Johnson, Jack Johnson, and Ian Cole, which Cole hurts Johnson not so much. I still think, I still think the Panarin things overblown, and his chances of signing are better than people are acting like. I I thought so too until after the publicist did an interview. I don't think so anymore. It depends, I think. Um, but Cole makes me really sad. I really wanted Cole to stay. This is dumb too because they could they could have paid that and it wouldn't have even affected anything. Like you're not gonna get a player for less than that. Looking for a list of who's actually on the team now. But we were gonna talk about that next time, not this time. Yeah. We'll still talk about it next time. Yeah, we have to talk about the Jack Johnson drama the Panarin drama I feel like Jack Johnson didn't mean it that way and that most of that anger was um, directed at the Penguins douchebag of a GM how do we feel about keeping Bobrovsky or letting him go because that decision needs to be made this season I think they should keep him you're not gonna I don't think sign him to like a Carey Price-esque deal because you'll regret that but you're not going they don't have anyone in the pipeline that's going to replace him, and you're instantly irrelevant without him. And you're not going to bring in a free agent that good. There's Elvis. Yeah, but he's he's not going to come up and perform at that level. And we've seen, I know people give excuses for Corpy saying he doesn't play every day, but he's not been he's not even been great in the AHL when he's been down there. I hope he got his magic back this summer, but we'll see. I have no faith in him. I know. You have to re-sign him, though. He's like this, the safety net, like the baby blanket. I, I can't even think about letting go of him. <laughs> I still think, I still think that Panarin, they could still re-sign him. But I think those people that were freaking out the second he didn't want to resign were being a bit naive because he wasn't going to sign before he had to because that costs him money. Well, he said he is not discussing his contract at all during the season. When September hits, he's no longer talking about it. So we'll see what happens. I still don't blame him, though, because if he if he bets on himself, he could really come up huge especially after the year he had last year how about william carlson do you think we're gonna see a repeat with him no he signed a prove it deal with las vegas i think he could be i think he's gonna be like a 40 to 50 guy but that season he had there's no way you can't you can't shoot 25 percent over the course of a season i'd have to look it up and sorry obviously it's our first podcast back and we're not as prepared as we usually are but i thought he was in the 50s you think he was higher than that or uh, are you talking points points okay he scored like 42 goals okay i think he'll be like a 20 25 kind of guy but i mean that's still that's still good but i think people going into that season if they're expecting him to get like 42 goals again, he's not going to do that. Like it was a total, it was a total fluke and a statistical anomaly 
But I think expecting like 20 to 25 goals out of him isn't unreasonable. It'll be interesting to see. But I mean, you saw it happen in the Stanley Cup finals. Like, it was a team that was riding a lot of luck having everything regress to the means. Right at the wrong moment. Yeah, and then getting destroyed as a result. It really doesn't make for that fun of a playoffs. I can't think of the word, not series, but of a playoff, like, the whole playoffs. It's not that fun when the Metro's the best, and so all the best teams are out in the first round. And I mean, I think you can take a little bit of solace, and they even got credit from the national broadcasters, well, a lot of broadcasters, actually, in that I think Columbus gave Washington their hardest series. And you heard that every single game after Columbus was out, that the best, even the beat reporters for the Capitals were saying that the best games, the hardest fought games that the Capitals had, the biggest chance they had of losing was against the Blue Jackets. And I mean, really, that first that first home game, if that lucky bounce doesn't go in, that series is done in Columbus's finishing them off in four or five. Was there anything else you want to talk about in our first outing? Um, what have we been doing with our summer? That's a good question. Working early. It's like on Monday when someone asked me how my weekend went and I'm like, I don't know. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I know a certain, uh, Mark Carell that's been on our podcast before will be interested, but if you like hockey and you like pro wrestling, um, a couple friends and I do a different podcast called Four Corners Podcast. Um, That's the number four with corners is one word podcast. Uh, Give it a listen. We talk about old stuff. We talk about new stuff and anything else that really interests us on a week to week basis. All the wrestling nerdum you could want. Yeah, we this week we're talking about TakeOver and SummerSlam. It'll probably be out by the time this uh, hits. Uh, vacation over the summer. I went to Georgia. Quick tips and hints for you. If you've never been to Savannah and down by the river um, on the weekend, take an Uber or a taxi Whatever you do, do not drive down there and try to find a parking spot and then do things. Don't do it. And I know what you're thinking. Kelly, I live in Columbus. It is the 15th biggest city in the United States of America. I can handle Savannah. And you can, but there's no parking. And if you park far away and then walk to your car, you'll get mugged. So take an Uber. Here's a... um... That's something I want to talk about after I say this. Here's a, here's a hint if you haven't traveled a lot from people that have traveled around the United States a little bit. Yes, you live in Columbus, and it's a big city. About every other city in the United States was not designed as well as Columbus or as smartly as Columbus, and it is a million times harder to get around. So then in Atlanta, let me highly, highly, highly suggest the Georgia Aquarium, and you'll look at the price and you'll be like, I'm not paying that to go to the aquarium. I have the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium in my backyard. I'll just go there. 
you're wrong again. I was wrong because that was my thought. Um, but they have three or four whale sharks, like full size whale sharks and three beluga whales and four dolphins and a dolphin show and a sea lion show. It's not as good as the Niagara sea lion show. I still think you all should go see that. So uh, we might as well put this disclaimer out there now. So this, this probably showed up about three weeks ago. And if you don't work downtown, you probably haven't been exposed to it. And it's going to be a real culture shock the first time you go down there for a game. But Columbus introduced um, rent-a-scooters. And I know what you're thinking, not Vespas. We're talking about, like, you know, like a kid's scooter that are slightly motorized. And they're everywhere. So be aware when you go down there. Kelly had not seen it because she doesn't doesn't work downtown with me anymore. So this is the first time she saw it. And she didn't realize when I was talking about them that they're just everywhere. It really is. I mean, you end up feeling like a sucker because you're walking and everyone else is on one of these electric scooters. So if you're down there, it's I looked it up just because I was curious. It's um, it's a dollar and then 15 cents a minute, which is reasonable. I expect them to get banned in the next six months just because it's it's utter chaos down there. And I expect something bad is going to happen to someone that are just going to be like, oh, we're getting rid of these. Oh, and we are looking for parking ideas. Let us know where you park. Where we parked, uh, we're not going to be able to do that anymore. Well, we still could. We just don't want to pay the $15 a game. Yes, we lost our free ride. So another reason to go have season tickets. But if you have a trick or tips or uh, anything of the sort, please let us know because we are currently trying to figure out where we're going to park. Yeah, but thanks for putting up with us for our first episode back. I know it was a little rough and a little scattered, but I had fun. Um, Next time, like we said, we want to talk about Panera and Jack Johnson, who we lost, who we got. And what we're looking forward to, I guess, what we think we can expect coming up. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting season. I expect them to make the playoffs again, but... um... We'll see what what the fallout is, especially if they lose Panarin. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But thanks for listening. Yep. Well, w- this is probably going to come out. If you're listening to this, this is probably going to this probably released on Thursday or Friday, and we'll be back next week. It, it'll probably be a little quicker. Um, we just couldn't get to this early enough, unfortunately. So. Thanks for listening as always. Until next time. Bye. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk.